Hey there, thanks for dropping in to listen to the Friday Reporter. I'm Lisa, your host, and for the last 25 years, I've worked in public affairs. And for those who don't know, that's where we take the hard questions for our clients from reporters. So to switch things up, I thought it'd be fun to flip things around. Remember that movie Freaky Friday where the characters traded places? You got it. That's the concept. So this time, we're going to ask reporters the questions. And we're going to have a little fun with it while we're at it. Thanks so much for joining me today for the Friday Reporter. I am joined today by a face that you will recognize from TV and a pen that you will recognize from print and someone who has a tremendous background and a great experience. career that I've admired for for many, many years from the time. I mean, I feel like we've kind of grown up in this business together. Uh, Jackie (laughs) Kucinich, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. Jackie, we, uh, I mean, goodness, we were, uh, we were kids together on the Hill, what feels like a minute ago. And now here we are, uh, grown up humans trying to work from home and homeschool and all of the other things that go with uh, 2020 and 2021. But Jackie, tell me a little bit about, you're at the Daily Beast now. Uh, yes. But remind me a little bit, and, and the folks who are listening in, how you got your start in journalism and how you ended up where you are today. So I started at, I went to American University um, here in D.C., um, but I started at this uh, teeny tiny paper called the Prince George's Sentinel um, out in Prince George's County, Maryland. It's in Lanham. It's actually still there. You see it on the train uh, when you're going to New York. Uh, <laughs> you can see it actually from the train tracks awesome. uh, next to a 7-Eleven where you like can get my coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, there I just, I covered anything that was thrown at me, um, you know, county council to, um, you know, uh, uh, local official ribbon cuttings. Um, I was there when they cut the ribbon for National Harbor and watched them break ground. I feel like a hundred years old now. Uh, yes, um, exactly. <laughs> So, um, and local news is really important. So um, then uh, I went to, I'd been an intern at the Hill newspaper um, and they hired me to come cover cops and um, the Capitol as a city. Um, From there, I went, I was there for a few years and then went to roll call and covered um, House Republicans and then the Senate before going over to USA Today. Uh, where I covered the 2012 campaign um, and the Republican field, um, and then um, Mitt Romney, because he eventually became the nominee. Uh, And after that, I was at the Washington Post um, for a bit. Uh, They had a video project they were launching um, and uh, did some congressional and political reporting there. Um, And after that, I ended up at the Daily Beast, um, where I'm now the Washington bureau chief, um, but I came here as the politics editor. Uh, to try my hand at um, editing and managing, and it is a blast. It is a, a fantastic job, and you know, mentoring and editing, and it is. Um, it really, it really is. Uh, I, I, people uh, laugh at me, but it is the best job I've ever had. It is. Um, it's a lot of fun and great people, and um, usually uh, things are always changing. But I've been um, working out of my kitchen for the last year. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> The world, like is so weird. the world is so weird right now. Um, so the Daily Beast, you guys are doing really great coverage. And I find myself uh, checking and, and, and looking to see what you're breaking and what you're working on because you guys are doing really good, uh, really good work there. The platform itself, 
Washington DC based. Tell tell me a little bit about the beast. What is what is it that we okay. should know about the publication itself? Um, so, so the Daily Beast is actually we're um, we're based in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it is um, yeah. So that's that's where uh, the the mothership is. Okay. Um, but uh, the DC bureau um, is. Uh, um, usually we're, we are, we're, we're currently building out staff again, but usually it's about 10 people. Okay. Um, we cover, we cover politics and pop culture and a range of other things, but our ethos is, uh, we, we do it in a way we just kind of cut through the, the niceties and, and tell people what's going on. Sure. Um, and I kind of do it in a way that isn't medicine is sort of our, um, is one of the things we try to do, uh, try to tell stories and report the news in a way that it's 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 fun to read and yes. when it's not a fun topic in a way that's engaging um and also digestible uh, i feel like you guys do a really good job yeah. of making it you know like there are so many complex issues but people really need to understand them let's put it together in a way that makes makes good sense and keeps people engaged and i feel like you do yeah it and makes really you want well. to read it mm-hmm. exactly and that 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 is one of the that is um something we really work on and we try to we also try to find um you know interesting characters to uh to introduce people to um and try to keep the and, and strange characters um we we have a reporter who's been writing about um you know, not to get into politics because that's not what we're doing here. Um, but uh, who had been who's been tracking QAnon since the very beginning. Uh-huh. So we really try to be on the forefront of you know not only politics but some of the underlying um, issues and trends and uh, th- that are you know that you're going to read about elsewhere. The forces of evil, in, if you will. In, yeah, in, yeah <laughs> in, in, in six months, not both both uh, both on the good and the bad side of the um, uh, of the ledger. <laughs> And you do, uh, you do a ton of TV and you're so good at it. And I love watching you because I really feel like, well, I know that you did that a lot when you were at the post because you guys were building out a, a bit of a, a video platform and that's since evolved mm-hmm. and changed for you. Uh, are you, are you on a regular schedule for TV as well? Or do you do that as, um, as the need arises? It's, I mean, it is as the need arises. I'm a contributor over at CNN. Mm-hmm. So um, when they need me, I am here in my kitchen set uh, to talk for them. <laughs> um, but it is, um, you know, I, I do think, you know, it's another way to showcase the Daily Beast work yes. um, and get, uh, get people to our site to see, um, you know, our reporting. So, um, but yeah, it is a... Um, and it's fun. It, ke- it keeps me if I'm not um, it, 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 it keeps that I'm I am keeping track of basically everything that's going on in, in the sphere. So you'd have, uh, you'd have to be. Yeah, exactly. Even tell more me, so than I normally am. <laughs> well, tell, and tell me this, because I, I feel like I've, I ask a lot of different questions uh, for the podcast, but um, but a lot of them are centering around like, how are we doing our business now like during the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Tell me, um, how is it? Do you have tips for the audience and the listeners, like, are there tips, are there things people should be thinking about when they're doing either TV from remote location or like even Zoom? Like, are there etiquettes that you find work better for you when you're doing television, when you're doing presentations? Are there things that are working, you think? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. It's like from fundamental things like lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, you see all these, I think um, the only people that had ring lights before the pandemic were like, um, professional makeup artists who do <laughs> post, yes. who, who post that, uh, or, or Instagram influencers. And now I feel like, you know, half the people I know have ring lights either for their zoom meetings or for their TV hits. Yes. Um, I also feel like sound matters, mm-hmm. but, it would, but also I, even more so than not, um, preparation 
matters yes. because you're not in it, it. It was, I think it was one of the hardest things when this thing first started was that it's hard to get near the mental space you need to be in yeah. to, you know, either, either present on zoom or, you know, talk on the, te- on, on television. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not in a more controlled environment, um, or if you're not in an environment, you're, you're, used to doing work in right and i think that that to have like i mean i have like a i have i i joke about um i was on like a family zoom the other day and they're like oh we saw you on cnn and i was like well behold it's my set and then i like turned and i and they realized they were actually in my kitchen that's hilarious so but (laughs) but i think like having one place you go to do like whatever work you're doing Mm -hmm. is helpful too because again it like tricks your mind into thinking okay it's work time um, that's Other, helped me anyway. Yeah. I think that, that's, that's exactly, that's what I coach too. So like that, thank you very much. I wish I should have <laughs> given you the talking points in advance, but yeah, rehearsing. <laughs> I mean, I early zoom felt like early email, like early email, you would type in like all lowercase and you would forget punctuation or all the behaviors that we know about grammar and otherwise. And then as yeah. people started to realize that email was a, was actually a formal communication, they started to behave right. a little differently. Same was true for zoom. Like it used to be okay that, uh, you know, that, that you, forgot to put your mute on. It still happens every day. I mean, if we had a dollar for every time someone had to say on a call, you're, you're on mute. Uh, we'd yeah. all be living on an Island somewhere for crying out loud. Right. I mean, there'd, be, there'd be no need to have this podcast. We'd be living somewhere nicer and better. Um, but I think that preparation is really, that's real. That's a good cue for everything that we do. Like whether it's public speaking, whether it's speech delivering, whether it's really just yeah. about anything, but also knowing that you know, being prepared, being in a serious place to do a TV hit. You don't want there to be any distractions. That's another thing that I always remind people, like anything goofy in the background. I know there's a room raider and there's some other folks that um, that that make some recommendations on what people can do to be better. I love that. I think that that content is so fun to to read and to watch. Yeah. I got an eight out of 10 I, I, and they, they keep on telling me to hang things up and I'm like, I'm in my kitchen. I'm not putting a hole in the wall or you're telling me to put a hole in the wall. <laughs> There'll be no <laughs> chandelier look, behind my head. Thanks. And it, no, it will look really bad in, 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 in like the broader scheme. <laughs> well, um, so Jackie, the, because you're in the editing space, but you are really in kind yeah. of an entrepreneurial bit, like daily beast is, seems like a really entrepreneurial publication where there's a lot of things that are moving in and out. What do you think is working today as it relates to like, as people come to you, and say, hey, I really think this is a story, whether it's PR people or it's the folks on your team. What do you think, what kinds of stories do you think are really uh, getting uh, the right amount of attention these days? So I think, so I I did cheat a little bit. I I listened to your uh, podcast with Reed Wilson last (laughs) week. And um, I do think, and he made a very good point about, um, you know, relationships and you tend to pick up the phone when, or, or, you know, answer the email when someone um, you know, that you know mm-hmm. emails you. Um, and it's hard, right now it's really hard to um, build your Rolodex because you are sort of, I mean, you will you will be cold calling people, even reporters looking for right. sources. Right. Um, there's a lot more cold calling going on, but I think that re- any research you can do about a person you're contacting, or if you know someone who, I mean, it's happened, it's happened a couple times with me, uh, I'll get, um, you know, I get an email from you know, Lisa Miller saying, hey, my colleague so-and-so is going to contact you about this story. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- should I send them to you or is there someone do you, or do you think someone on your team could help? Sure. Um, also, I, I feel like in, and this is another it's, a, it's another kind of relationship play. I wouldn't be afraid to if there's a reporter, you know, or an editor, you know, to call them and say, if there's no one in your newsroom that would do this, do you know anyone? 
who would be, if it's, if it's very specific, yeah, do you know advice. anyone who, mm-hmm. who would do this? Mm-hmm. And I have definitely had those conversations with people before to be like, oh yeah, you know, this person at this publication would be all about that issue. You should totally give them, um, give them a call. And if I know them, I'll say, you know, tell them I sent you. Right. right. Um, and if I don't, it won't mean anything to them. But, no. <laughs> but that's also fair to say, like, it probably wouldn't mean anything for them to know that I sent you their way, but I read their column or I read their, yeah. their reporting. And I think that they're doing good work in that space. I think that's so smart. And I, and I have, I've done that myself and I've recommended that to others. It feels kind of weird, but you also, um, just like anything else, like you, anytime you're looking for a job, right? I mean, anytime you're looking to recommend someone for something else, like it's always better to have that personal connection because you know, the values of that person that's contacting you, you know, that if, if Lisa calls me or if Jackie calls me and says, Hey, Mm -hmm. would you meet with this person? I'm going to do it because we've got a friendship and we've got a, uh, you know, that kind of exchange happens with us. And we know that it's always worked out for us, um, in a positive way. Right. And it's, it, it, it's a way to work it's a way to grow your contacts it, when you, when you have, you know, through, through the ones you already have, mm-hmm. which is sort of, I mean, I think we're, we're so used to, or we were so used to doing that through face-to-face contact and, you know, um, coffees and drinks and whatever. And I, I feel like this is a way that it's sort of, it, this is an extension of that, that we've learned to deal, w- learned to work with um, in this environment. It's forced us all to pick up the phone again, which we were really, we'd really fallen out of habit. And it was really hard to get <laughs> back into that. I know I'm better about picking up the phone now, or like when people call me, I don't send them immediately to voicemail. I might actually pick up when my own, my own family's like, oh, oh, you've picked up the phone. I'm surprised. <laughs> what, what they don't know is that it's because of the pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and here we are, you know, you're going on year two with this whole project. I, um, I've been asking guests because I think everybody's looking for, you know, interesting things to do on the weekend. And since this will air on a Friday in the future, the near future, um, what are you most looking forward to doing this weekend if the weather cooperates? So if the weather cooperates, um, we really, this time of year, um, it's kind of like, I think it's less of a secret now, but um, the Arboretum tends to be one of the most beautiful places in the spring in DC. It's a little early, but I think we were going to go venture over there. It has some of the original columns for the Capitol in the middle of it. If you've you've probably seen pictures of it, Mm -hmm. but um, it's a little off the beaten path. uh, So um, we like to go there and just, you know, let, um, our three-year-old exhaust herself running around. Um, and then, you know, every weekend we've been trying to, uh, get new takeout. Oh, <laughs> One of the ways we're keeping it interesting. That's it. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> and helping our, our local friends stay in business for yeah, real. Exactly. Um, and so we will, we'll likely get, um, we've been, um, Lately, we've been trying to, we've been trying different like breweries in the area mm-hmm. that have good food. So we've been getting, uh, we haven't picked one yet this weekend, but um, that's, that's been our, that's been our habit. Uh, uh, yeah. Cause again, as you said, it, it supports local businesses and gets us, I mean, right now, um, I think anyone with kids knows that um, you can kill time with a drive yep. <laughs> with <Yeah>. little kids. <laughs> um, it You'll do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So it gets us, it gets us a little bit more out of our, out of our, uh, our bubble. And, um, you know, we pick it up, we take it home and, uh, have a nice, you know, socially distanced meal uh, here that we haven't had before. That's great. No, that's so good. And there's so many of those little restaurants in our area. They're so good and you want to help them and you want to keep them going. Cause at some totally. point we're going to come out the other side of this thing and let's hope there's a couple of restaurants left. 
for sure. Right. No, totally. And that, that was, that was sort of the calculation, um, you know, when this first began, we were like, all right, what, where are we going to, where are we going to frequent mm-hmm. <laughs> to make sure they stay open? Absolutely. Yeah, that's totally it. Well, Jackie, the last question for my uh, podcast is always uh, a recommendation for who might be a great future guest for us. Yes. So in the interest of Women's History Month, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to nominate two women. Good. Um, uh, Anna Palmer, who is a co-founder of Punchbowl News, um, you know, entrepreneur, reporter, editor, just um, a really uh, impressive human mm-hmm. and equally impressive human, uh, Shauna Thomas, who's the executive producer of CBS This Morning. Um just again, a uh, reporter, producer, just amazing woman. And um, I'm sure we'll be, would have um, really useful insights for your podcast. That's so great. But, but both of them are fantastic recommendations. Of course, Anna, she, she grew, she was with us in the gang of yeah. kids that were living on the hill together. And I will uh, happily tell her that not only would I like her to come on, but that Jackie recommended her as well. And I will do the same, <laughs> do the same with Shauna. Jackie Kucinich, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was really a pleasure to have you. Same. Thanks, Lisa. And that's today's episode of the Friday Reporter. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.